five, four, three, two, fun. Welcome to another episode of the Ready, Set, Pwn podcast, your premier source for everything to do with the Toronto Defiant and the Vancouver Titans. I am Chris at Light Force, the voice who happens to be ejected first if he happens to be the imposter or gank first if he happens to be your crewmate. Joined virtually by Sam at another Sam Chan and Omni at Omni Strike. Welcome, gentlemen. Thank you for welcoming us. Uh, I, I nearly forgot that we're... Uh... <laughs> I didn't forget we had a podcast. I, I just lost track of time i was about to land in Kelowna <laughs> to play flight simulator land or crash uh like 40 percent of the time i successfully land but <laughs> that means 60 percent of the time you don't well that's how the math works out i guess oh man so i i actually bought myself an xbox elite 2 controller specifically to use it to play things like fall guys flight simulator um, maybe among us, uh, I have, I, we did a, a community game night, which we'll talk a little bit later and played that. So, uh, I, I, maybe flight simulators, what I'll, I'll, I'll spin up after, and I can maybe try to track you down in Kelowna and see if I can even take off to get there. Yeah. It actually does have uh, online so we can play together somewhere. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Crashing together. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> synchronized Fall um, guys. <laughs> yeah. That, but the Microsoft flight simulator edition, um, this episode, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the Overwatch League playoffs. Uh, there is some news about Vancouver as well as Toronto. But what I wanted to really do with this episode is kick off uh, a campaign that we've talked about over the course of the year, something that we really got behind last year and will be doing even more so this year, and that is Extra Life. Um, we've signed up to support Extra Life, uh, which is really our, our signature charity initiative here at, uh, at Ready, Set, Pwn. And it's, it's intended to raise money for sick and injured children. And while this is a campaign that the three of us are going to be doing, we want you, our community, to join us and be part of Team RSP. Now, this is our second year as a podcast supporting the Extra Life uh, campaign. And our hope is that we can beat our efforts in, in 2019 by really connecting the Overwatch League community across the country. So whether or not you're a Vancouver Titans fan, a Toronto Defiant fan, whether you're a fan of any other team within the Overwatch League, or you simply happen to be a fan of our podcast, we want you to be part of Team RSB. Now, if you've not heard of Extra Life before, uh, it's a grassroots charity initiative that uh, unites thousands of gamers worldwide uh, to support the Children's Miracle Network hospitals in North America. So for us here in uh, the West Coast, our Children's Miracle Network hospital is the BC Children's Hospital, and uh, the three of us are going to be raising funds for the BC Children's Hospital Foundation. But the cool thing about this is whether you're located on the West Coast like we are, if you happen to be located anywhere in North America, you yourself can choose the specific Children's Miracle Network Hospital that you want to support in this initiative. Now, since its inception in 2008, over $70 million US has been raised. That is a phenomenal number. In fact, over 15 million US was raised last year alone. And the goal is by the campaign to obviously beat that. And we at Team RSP, we, we want to be part of that. So how, you might, at this point, you might be wondering, how can you support? Well, the Extra Life campaign itself is a year-long fundraiser. And what it does is it culminates in a, a day of play. Uh, so it, some people, like uh, uh, Manate, who, who streamed for 24 hours uh, with Team RSP last year, um, really campaign over the course of a day to, to raise money. And uh, what we're going to be doing here with RSP is getting people together. We're going to be playing Overwatch. We're going to be playing Fall Guys. We might be playing Among Us. We might be playing uh, Flight Simulator. Who knows? But we're going to go and have a good time the weekend of November 7th, specifically the Saturday. And we're hoping that you can rise together and be a force of nature with us. You might have seen what I did there by playing games to help sick and injured kids. So how, how can you help us out? Well, first and foremost, join us. The easiest way to take part is to go to bit.ly slash RSP Extra Life 2020. And I know that's a long link. I'm going to have it posted in our show notes on our website. You'll see this link published uh, numerous times on social media. You'll see it published 
in our Discord. But by joining Team RSP, you yourself can help raise funds. It is a team effort. It is not an individual uh, effort per se. And again, whether you're able to participate on November 7th or others, it'd be cool to get our team uh, to really show within uh, uh, the Overwatch League scene here in Canada, but also in the Pacific Northwest, what we can do. The second thing you can do is share. If you see us promoting Extra Life on uh, social media, please do your best to share that. Amplify the signal, boost it. Talk to your friends, talk to your family. Uh, in fact, you'll notice that uh, we support Extra Life with each and every one of our podcast live streams. So let people know that we're doing so that we in turn can, can share that message with them. Third thing, ask us. I am passionate about Extra Life. If this is a campaign you'd like to learn more about, ask me. If you want to learn more about it, ask Sam, ask Omni, ask any one of us at Team RSP and we'll provide you the information that you're looking for, uh, whether it be about the Extra Life campaign, the Children's Miracle Network Hospitals, what happens to the money or why I might be so passionate about it, please ask. And then the fourth thing that you can do, and you'll notice I saved it for last because I want you to, to find a path that best suits you, is, is to donate funds if you can. By donating money to Extra Life, that money goes directly to a Children's Miracle Network hospital. In this particular case, if you were to donate to me as part of Team RSP, it would go to the BC Children's Hospital Foundation. But that donation is tax deductible, and in turn, the money goes directly to the hospital uh, to help sick and injured kids in need. And while I can appreciate that with the pandemic, you know, things are, are tight, you have to also understand that that's also impacting these charitable organizations, ones that, that do miracles when it comes to children's health. So if you have the opportunity and the wherewithal to, to spare, um, please consider our extra life when it comes to your charitable giving. Now, our team goal is to raise $1,500 US. Um, right now, as it stands, uh, we're about 10% of the way there as a team. And my, my hope is that we can get to that goal. Uh, and again, as a Canadian Overwatch League community, as a community uh, within the Pacific Northwest, or really just as a community in North America as a whole, uh, let's all bring us together. Let's rise together. Let's be that force of nature and show what we can do when we all commit to uh, such a great cause. So with that said, let's get ourselves into the payload. Moving the payload! Join me! The big news of the week when it comes to the Vancouver Titans and the Toronto Defiant is actually happening out east, and it happened. Um, first and foremost, the Toronto Defiant have embraced podcast lore, and they release big news on Wednesdays. Why? Because that's when our podcast goes live. If you are a subscriber to our Twitch stream, you have access to the Wednesday emote. That's how big a Wednesday happens to be. But the, the Defiant released Lil Ball. Uh, he was their interim head coach that came in and essentially uh, was elevated and took over when Fei-Fei left, retired, was asked to leave. Um, and for the most part, one could argue he did well all things considered, having sort of come in into a role that he uh, himself had said he really wasn't as prepared for, but stepped up to, to you know, showcase what he was willing to do. Uh, the Toronto Defiant had a, a modicum of success. In fact, under his uh, leadership, uh, they got themselves into the money in, uh, in the summer showdown. So you could say that, you know, with how the the team had performed the season previously. And then up to that point, he did very well. But unfortunately, as we had uh, shared on that last episode, uh, the Defiant had planned to make some tough decisions. And that is the first tough decision to take place. And I'm curious, Sam, Ani, um, what are your thoughts on this? Is this something that one might expect if you happen to be following the Defiant? Or is this type of change one that you would think is a little bit out of the uh, ordinary. I wouldn't say it's out of the ordinary because uh, we did hear Adam speak about how uh, the season uh, didn't meet expectations and changes are about to happen uh, soon. And uh, Lil Bao, he's, he's been put in a difficult spot, really, but there's no lie that Toronto really underperformed. But is it his fault? Probably not entirely, but... Mm -hmm not even the brunt of it with, with the meta changing into the playoffs and all that. But, you know, we're all uh, meat sports fans. And, and when you want to make a change, usually the first one to go is the coach. And uh, that's the easiest uh, way to begin your rebuild, which is where I believe uh, this franchise is headed towards. Yeah. I think when you read Lil Bao's uh, twit longer, 
It, it definitely sucks for him because it seems yeah. like he didn't really want the head coach job in the first place. And then, you know, cause, cause it, if memory serves, he was serving as the, the assistant coach or analyst or, or something before yeah. that. So, so to be put in a spot where a, he didn't want it B to be let go from that job and now not get any job. Like I think that situation sucks. Uh, we do see the lot in meat sports where the interim coach gets let go. It's not like they're going to get brought back as the assistant coach or, or whatever they were doing previously. So it does happen. But I think one of the struggles of, of working at the overwatch league is we've seen so much turnover in three years, right? Like I I'm trying to imagine like who, who's been there from day one and is still there like at the same org. Like they've, they've just swapped seats so many times. So that, that doesn't look great from, from like a league standpoint in terms of it being his fault. I think honestly, like it's, it might be the first of, of many, I don't know if you can call them letting them go or or non-contract renewals. I think it's going to hit both the players and the coaching. And I don't, I don't want to, you know, go out and curse anybody, but I just, I just think it's too late. uh, It's, it's it's an opportunity for for not just the defiance to to clean house like i think multiple teams are going to be doing this um so so you know and and to to your earlier point of success kind of like they did okay in the showdown but like when they the beginning of the season and again every time we mention the beginning of the season it feels like a decade ago but like when they signed sure for when they signed kareev when they when they sign other other supporting players like Agilities and 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 Logics was coming back if I remember correctly, uh, along with um you know uh, a talented rookie in in Beast like they had much higher expectations than maybe sniffing around in a in a regional tournament one time, mm-hmm. right? So like if you look at the season as a whole, like I think it's we've already kind of beat that beat that stick to death. Like it's, it wasn't a successful season for the defiant whatsoever. Like they had much higher expectations, top four, top eight, whatever. And the only way that the defiant were top in anything this year is bottoms counting up. So they had them top four. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But but like, but like, you know what I mean? Right. Like they, they had high aspirations higher. So, and, and and I think that's, that's fair for any team. Like you, you don't just build a team and go, huh? I think we're going to finish like top 20 this year. That'll be a good goal. (laughs) Like, like, you know, that's, I, I don't, I don't even want to call it ambitious. I just think when you're trying to build an org, you're, you're trying to build for success, right? You're not trying to build for a bottom tier team. Um, you know, uprising might have something to say, but anyway. Uh, so, but regardless, like that's, that just kind of is what it is. I do hope he lands on his feet and finds another role somewhere in some org. Um, yeah. And, and that's the main thing that like, I hope for all these guys, it's just, I'm just hoping for some stability. Like it, it sucks. They're moving around. They're playing on land. They're playing at home. Like it's, I don't know, like any, any other person it's exhausting. Like, all of us here have found jobs and done the job search. I've been laid off. Like Chris, I think you've been laid off in the past. I don't remember. Yeah. Um, like it's it's never fun. So so to do that pretty much every year for so many of these guys just totally sucks. Yeah, I. So you know, my take is very similar to to the two of you. You got to consider an interim tag is never a sure thing. It's never a guarantee. I think if there's one thing that might surprise me is that that move was the first, but yet only, and it happened quick. I I don't have a belief that the Toronto Defiant aren't going to have sort of a, a review, making some tough decisions. I mean, Adam publicly shared that this process was going to occur. It just, it feels to me that this is sort of, you know, it's by no means similar, but when you think back to the Vancouver Titans, when rumors were things were going to change and then uh, Janu was the first to, to be released. And then I want to say, was it Pageon like 30 minutes later, like the way the little, uh, you know, parting of ways occurred really felt like the first domino to fall, but then suddenly we're in this weird place of, of a limbo or stasis where there doesn't seem to be any further changes. I, there will be. 
like, and this is, again, it's not us looking to go and curse anyone. We don't know what those changes will be. We don't know to what level the player personnel is going to turn over. We don't know what the coaching staff um, will, will do. I mean, from a perspective of the team, they don't have really a general manager in that sense, but neither do the Vancouver Titans as far as we're aware. So, you know, I, I think we're going to see more. Now, the one thing that Lilbo provided in that twit longer was a heck of a lot of context that I think provides a glimpse as to what it is like when it comes to coaching an Overwatch League team, especially one where it is going through transitions. Like he does talk about how he at first wasn't sure about stepping up, but he was encouraged to do so. He did so. He thought he did the job well. You could argue he did, but the same argument could be made that they didn't look to perform as poorly as they did. And, you know, come what may, he's paying somewhat of the price for that. I hope he lands on his feet, but back onto the, you know, the roster, there's going to be more. I know it was in defiant cord uh, when the news had broken and there were quite a few people already talking about, Oh, they keep this player, lose that player. Yeah. And, and I mean, that was happening in Vancouver Titans court. I'm sure it was happening in a lot of different uh, uh, overwatch league uh, medium and platform. And I, I sort of shared, like, there's a couple of different perspectives. If this is the first change that is being made, it would occur to me that you would be looking to bring in whomever is going to sort of, um, you know, captain the ship. And that person then sort of defines the structure of the, the, you know, player personnel, the coaching staff, um, the, the sort of plan going into season three for the defined season four for the league. And that is where we'll start to see the player personnel changes. Like there isn't a rush to go and let players go at this point. Like there's no impetus. This has to be done by tomorrow. It's simply the opportunity exists to make those changes now for those teams that are currently out of the mix of which there are 16 teams no longer fighting for anything more other than what they might do next year. It'll be interesting to see. And if, uh, you know, lore has anything to say about it, this podcast episode will go live and more news will have broken because Hey, all the greatest news breaks on Wednesdays. Vancouver Titans news. Well, the Vancouver Titans finally hosted the uh, final of the Titans takedown tourney. Uh, I want to give a huge congratulations to the Canadian Ultimate players. They were a very strong roster. Um, If you were to go and and look at some of the names, uh, you would recognize them as Tier 2 contenders, uh, players who arguably could find themselves into the Overwatch League. They went undefeated, rolled, ran the table. In fact, I don't even know if they lost a map throughout. So they won the, the two grand to split amongst them. They won the six jerseys. They won the chance to play the Vancouver Titans, which we don't know when, if it will happen, and by who, the Vancouver Titans, who that might be. Because again, there's questions about what might happen here in Vancouver, as we somewhat discussed on that last episode. The tournament itself... Not to take away from the Canadian Ultimate players beating the Caraboomers uh, in the final was scuffed. This is no, again, no surprise to anyone who follows this podcast. No surprise to anyone who follows us on social. No surprise to anyone who follows the Vancouver Titans either through the Ready Set Pwn Discord, the Vancouver Titans Discord, or even the Titans Takedown Tourney Discord. To give you some insight as to what the last week was leading up to this, it took myself and a few others to ask questions about what's happening this upcoming weekend. Will there be a bracket? When will this be released? When will this occur? I ended up reaching out to the Vancouver Titans to say, hey, I'm trying to get this information. They're not saying anything. They're not responding. People were asking me, like somehow I know. I wish I did. I mean, I I appreciate that people see me as this like thought leader in the space. We'll go to Chris because he knows a lot. But I we've had this conversation. We were never invited into the inner sanctum when it came to this. And uh, ultimately what occurred is there, they were waiting for three teams to, to check in one of which was team RSP, which is interesting because we weren't aware that we needed to check in, which we did. The problem is by the time that we then get this, this bracket, which I want to say it was like Thursday before the weekend, mm-hmm. like as to sort of an idea of what might be happening. Um, many of us had plans And we, unfortunately, had to withdraw last minute because we just could not put our roster together. We weren't the only team that had to withdraw because of similar circumstances. Uh, McMaster Esports, another team that qualified of the 10, 
had to withdraw. Uh, Vancouver related, which uh, uh, you know, friend of the show Sam Sam uh, uh, is or helps organize and, and manage. They had the potential of running into some roster trouble. Um, I want to say it was one and done. Another team that qualified had problems because the difficulty is you've got to consider people have lives. They plan things, things come up and without any form of real schedule or communication where you like, are you going to bank on something that may or may not happen? It worked out that only eight teams out of what they had intended to have of 16 were to play. But that said, those that did uh, did play um, played well. Uh, Vancouver related, I know, did well. Uh, the Toronto Alpha Flight uh, team did well. I believe both of them lost to the Caraboomers, who ultimately uh, fell themselves to the the Canadian Ultimate players. Um, but the the tournament itself attracted some top tier talent, and that's cool. But it also sort of speaks to how the Vancouver Titans had hoped it to be a community event, one that would in, engage their more sort of casual audience, and it did quite the opposite. So, hey, if you uh, happen to be uh, with the Vancouver Titans and you're curious as to how you might be able to do it better, uh, I know three guys that might have a a thought or two, as well as a great community beyond us that also would love to help. You just need to know to ask. So to be clear, is Omni buying my shoes now? (laughs) (laughs) I thought he was buying you a Tesla. Uh, well, that was that was the compensation prize, but I already have the bill for these. So, what am I supposed oh. to do with them now? Yeah, and for those listening to the podcast, uh, Sam just uh, held up. Uh, was it the left uh, left shoe? Yes, it is a yeah. shoe. Good eyes. Yes. Um, <sighs> that's how we describe shoes. It's like, what shoes did Sam get? The left one. <laughs> <laughs> I just need to make a comment on behalf of Team RSP. So. Uh, to clarify, you know how when Overwatch League uh, World Cup comes around and a bunch of different pros, they just opt out because they want, you know, the spotlight <laughs> to shine on, uh, you know, on unfamiliar players. And that's kind of why we decided to, you know, be out of the limelight yeah, for a little were, bit. Definitely Ruja Han. Yeah, we wanted, we wanted everyone to have a chance. So that's yeah. why we... The Canadian Ultimate players should be thanking Team RSP yeah. for not Me, being there to ruin yeah. their, their tournament chance. Yeah, that's totally Me it. forgetting to check in or something like that had nothing to do with it that's at all. That's just speculation anyway. Can we confirm yeah. whether that happened or not? Yeah. Like We, we will never know. TMZ. This is not TMZ here. We're, no, we're but, with serious uh, business here. Yeah, I mean, but the, the, the point of the matter is that we were learning this days before. I am an old man. I have a wife, a kid, and things that happen. Like Saturday, which was the day of the the tournament, is a day where I'm committed to making sure that my older parents, you know, get groceries and stuff. And so the difficulty is, and I was sharing that, trying to get details. Like, well, when's this happening? When might we know? Because I knew that I might be able need to need to sub in. I can't commit. I'm sorry. Family comes before any form of Overwatch League anything. Vancouver my Titans, prize Toronto money, Fine dude. Yeah, well. Start raiding your cushions Whoa. for coin. Well, by by twelve o'clock, you've had like your dinner, right, or your second lunch. You start the day early <laughs> on Saturday. I get some of those those tweets, like, yes, that's because I'm 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 at Costco the moment the door <laughs> starts going up because I want to get in and I want to get out as quick. As Chris I is the reason <laughs> there's a line because he's always in the front of it. By the way, uh, Costco here does deliveries now. It's really really nice. Yeah, well, I have yet to go and look at getting a Costco delivery. So I think you want to hold those tomatoes in your hands. Like it's not the same experience. Sorry, did you just say tomato? Tomato, tomato, tomato. 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 Hmm. This podcast, linguistics podcast. Yeah, RSP does words. Um, the last thing that we'll talk about in the payload is what we did Saturday night. We had a, an RSP game night. It was last minute, um, but uh, a bunch of us got to put together to play Among Us. Um, it was fun times. We played for a few hours. If you want to go back, there's an actual Twitch VOD that might be available. I streamed uh, the competition live. I learned a number of different things. One, uh, Michael. Michael will throw the suspicion on himself hard. It was interesting because at one point, no one was suspecting Michael of anything. And then he goes and jumps in and starts giving himself an alibi and detailing everything that he did (laughs) down to the microsecond. So everyone's like, oh, it must be Michael and eject him. And he's like all pissed off. Like, why would you do that? I had an alibi. No one suspected it until you went hardcore defense. 
then when Michael's the imposter, he, he gets angry, like real defensive. Like, what are you doing? This isn't me. It's like, like, it's like playing poker with them. And there's so many tells. Um, I didn't realize that uh, the sight lines were, were as good as they were. And so when I was the imposter, um, I got busted to gank on someone. Um, so that, that didn't work out well for me. But I also found that I got, you know, gank quite often. The cool thing about it, I don't think any friendships were ruined. But there was definitely, you know, some some conflict like between people where people were so passionate about being upset because they were ejected and they weren't the imposter or what have you. But I know we're going to do more RSP game nights. We might be playing Among Us. We might do Fall Guys. I mean, like, the idea is really give a community an opportunity to get together, have a good time playing video games. I mean, how much better can things be than that? Let the community self-implode by arguing to the death. <laughs> Well, it's either that or arguing, you know, whether or not the Vancouver Titans are this or the Vancouver Titans are that. So yeah, I figure if they're going to argue whether it was, you know, the, the pink guy or the red guy or the green guy in Among Us, <laughs> that's probably a better way to go about it. Don't don't be a colorist. Yeah, man. All colors, same. But if, um, if, you're, if you're interested in taking part in a community night, you have an idea of what uh, we should do as a community, games to play or... Or, or what you might be interested in, jump into RSP Discord. It's discord.io slash readysetphone. Um, you know, share your ideas, and uh, we'd be more than happy to, to see what we can do. At the end of the day, um, it's really about the community and us all having a good time. doesn't matter if you're a Titans fan, Defiant fan, if you happen to be a fan of the Dallas Fuel and you just need a break, come join us. Or if you sell fans at Best Buy. Hmm. Sam might be in need of one. Uh, we're going to take ourselves a quick break here and uh, then get into the fray. Overwatch League playoffs are almost done. We are currently on what is looking like a month-ish break before we actually see the grand final or grand finals or grand final weekend or whatever the heck the Overwatch League is defining the uh, the four teams as playing each other in a double elim tournament will be. But uh, how we get to where we are goes like this. Kicking off this past weekend uh, was the Florida Mayhem beating the Atlanta Reign, followed by our team, the Washington Justice, beating the Los Angeles Valiant 3-1. We then saw the New York Excelsior beat the Guangzhou Charge, which I think, if I recall from the last episode, was not the, uh, the result that we were completely expecting. We thought it to be a lot closer. And then in the only match that was really close over the course of that weekend, the Shanghai Dragons beat the Seoul Dynasty 3-2. The San Francisco Shock beat the Philadelphia Fusion 3-1. And uh, again, this was sort of this sort of match where we were humming and hawing as to who it might be, because we knew whomever it was was going to have to play the Washington Justice. And boy, were we right, because the Washington Justice then beat the Florida Mayhem 3-0, at which point uh, a whole lot of salt hit the floor. <laughs> the Seoul Dynasty... 3-0 the New York Excelsior. New York looked good until they looked horrible. And the Philadelphia Fusion finally figured out how to stop the runaway train that was the Washington Justice and stop them cold, beating them 3-0. So what does this mean? Well, the grand final double elimination weekend is going to take place in Asia. And it will happen a... Uh, is again a month-ish from now, if uh, you know my notes are correct, we're actually looking at this uh, tournament taking place the weekend of October eight to ten. Now the teams that will be there are the San Francisco Shock and the Philadelphia Fusion from NA, and the Shanghai Dragons and the Seoul Dynasty from Asia. The Fusion are going to take on the Dragons, the Shock are going to take on the Dynasty, and then the losers of those two matches will go and play each other. The winners will play each other, the loser of the winners will play the winner of the losers, and then eventually there will be a grand final between the winner and the winner of the losers. Can you repeat that like three times really, really quickly? 
Yeah, no. <laughs> um, and also, the grand final is a grand final. There is no doubly limbed. So theoretically, someone could be like the Vancouver Titans were last year and lose only once in the playoffs and not actually come out on top. Um, let's talk a little bit about how we got to the four teams we have. Were there any real surprises out of uh, those matches? I mean, just this run was really, really nice. A moment of silence to these folks that we just hopped. Just by hopping on their bandwagon, I think that was the nail in their coffin. Maybe. Well, okay, we weren't, we didn't retitle the episode Ready, Set, Bandwagon, but <laughs> the the point was the Washington Justice were on a roll. Like, right. even that, that you know, match against the Los Angeles Valiant, where I think the Valiant took the first map and people were like, oh yeah, the Valiant did their, their homework and then uh, the Justice were like, Oh wait, sorry, we didn't realize we were playing for real. Okay, let's play for real now. And then Decay was like just feeding solo ulting. Yeah. Stitch was popping off as Stitch, you know, was popping off. This was this was the stitch that we were talking about yeah. in the preseason. This being is possible. the stitch we dreamed of. Yeah. yeah. Well, Ash was never in the meta, apparently, so until now. Maybe that was the hero he was destined to play. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, th- I think in our kind of romanticization of the justice though, I think, and I am probably the biggest culprit out of the three of us here. I always forget that the fusion are actually just a really good team. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you, we have to give them a lot of credit uh, for, for taking care of business, you know, three mm-hmm. owing a 12 seed team to get to the, Get to the <laughs> finals. Good on you. Now I'm playing though. They they went up against a super hot team and and yeah. stopped them cold in their tracks. So credit to them. You know what team is also good? San Francisco Shock. I think is pretty oh. good right now. I was really uh, um, you know rolling the hot takes last week. I'm I'm cooling off this week. Really really hard. I was saying like how I don't uh, I, I anticipated a finals between a non Shanghai and San Francisco Shock team uh, uh, finals. So um um I have to back off of that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you consider like last year the San Francisco Shock lose and suddenly their chip on their shoulder pissed off. They haven't right. lost yet, but they had to fight hard when they met up with the Justice in a match that could have gone either way. You could argue that they, instead of waiting to lose to get the chip on their shoulder, found it during that matchup and have now decided that uh, they no longer have any desire to to lose ever. The, the fight between them and the fusion, in my mind, wasn't as close as I might have expected to be. Again, yeah. Shock may have had that chip. But if we look at sort of the two from from Asia, the Shanghai Dragons and the Seoul Dynasty, the Seoul Dynasty gave the Dragons a serious run for the money. And having seen some of the uh, picks of uh, people, uh, whether they are our talent or like us, maybe not so much, there are a lot of people that have the Dragons as potentially the grand champions. And I don't know if I want to undersell Seoul that much. But what's interesting about this is that, you know, there almost seems to be a flyer on where the fusion are. Like there are many people that are putting the fusion as either team three or team four. And not many people are putting the shock as that, you know, top team when all is said and done. I mean, that's what, that's everything we have to, to go on. And then in this case, we have four teams that, uh, and, and the two teams from Asia and the two teams from, from NA already played each other. So, uh, we are, uh, going into the, interesting realm of adjustments uh we know from meat sports again uh sorry for the reference but uh there's a big deal in in playoff series about adjustments and the same teams play each other all the time uh, best to four uh usually and then sometimes the team that wins the first match is is not the one to come out on top at the end of it all so it'll be interesting to see how strategies change how how uh like teams prepare more uh, towards each other if they are uh, uh, meeting again in the playoffs because because the way the bracket is set up now is quite interesting we finally get to see na versus asia and uh yeah well it's it, it's um definitely looks like uh philly didn't look well playing uh, uh san francisco shock but i i definitely anticipate them to play better if they are uh, uh playing them again in some uh way 
The other thing that we should probably also talk about is the salt. And if you're <laughs> unaware of the salt that we are talking about, there are many who are a little perturbed that the Washington Justice were even able to go on a run as they did. Now, there were a couple of things that all came together to make this happen. We talked about on the last episode when we started to see them really go on this run. There was the meta as it sort of developed, where you had uh, a, a, an empowered Zarya within the lineup. You saw the fact that the Washington Justice were able to take the Overwatch League rule about uh, player availability for the purposes of travel to Asia and sign a player like Decay, who had been released by his previous team after what everyone had perceived as the signing deadline. And this started to, one, benefit them in regards to the their playoff performance, but two, it irritated a few within the Overwatch League. In fact, generally speaking, if you lost to the Justice, there was someone within your organization who felt the need to go and complain about it. Maybe not, you know, the earlier teams, because let's be real, they probably, you know, the Vancouver Titans, as much as they wanted to perform and, and get themselves into a grand final, knew that the battle that they had in front of them was so significant. Losing to the Justice was simply delaying what anyone might have said is the inevitable. Mm. But a team like the Florida Mayhem, who were right pissed off, and in so much as the, the LA Valiant were, like, how do you fault the Justice for taking advantage of a situation that was presented to every single team in the Overwatch League? They just happen to do it well. I mean, you can't. <laughs> I mean, like, the the Mayhem also had a really nice season. I, I, we called them the Mayhem at the beginning of the season. They turned out to be one of the funnest teams in the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Justice turned out to be one of the funnest teams in the league if we discount the first, you know, nine months of the season. So I think I think both teams have a lot to go go back and and be proud of. Um, there's a lot of other teams that we're not going to talk about right now that didn't have such great seasons. We already mentioned one of them, but I mean, we're we're a Titans and Defiant podcast, so there you go. It, the The articles write themselves. Um, yeah. But so like I, I understand salt in the moment, but like Decay was the free agent. I don't know, free something. So, so the fact that a decay supposedly had all these problems when he was holding the team sabotage, if you take the, the feels words for it means he's not, he's, he's, he's not like some savior coming in. He's a dude with some sort of perceived baggage. Right. So I think what's lost in all this is you got to give the justice credit for making it work, right? Like whether decay is easy to work with or hard to work with, they made it work. Kudos to them. Right. May not did, did not work with the feel may not have worked if they were on the mayhem or the Titans or the Defiant or fill in your blank team, yep. right? The justice made it work. So, you know, that, that, you know, lick your wounds, right? The, the other part of it is there've been so many rule changes that have aided some teams in, in chain, like hurt other teams throughout the season. We talked about the defying defiant, like building a roster that was built for, for live stages or whatever. And I'm not going to go into the definition of that again, but just different people had different um, expectations coming into the season and the rules changed and they benefited a and hurt B this happened to multiple teams, multiple times. Right. So I don't know. They, they good on the, like, I don't fault the justice at all for, for just taking advantage of what was there for the taking. Right. And my argument was like up till now, there's still a lot, a ton of good players, whether it's in T2 or or free agents from years past or all stars that are just sitting on their butts on Twitch all day. So you guys didn't take advantage of those people. Could they have helped your team or hurt your team? Like, I don't know. But but like I I don't see a problem with the justice doing what the justice did. Understanding that this was a turbulent season where they changed rules pretty much like every other week. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, you hit the nail on the head there, Chris, just by saying that everybody had access to the same rule. It didn't just apply for the justice. And I I feel like this is a no story, really, because had they won, beaten the justice, nobody would even talk about this. But the fact of the issue is this is an 18th seed team that, yeah, Decay is really good, but... Mm -hmm aren't your DPS are good enough if you're coming from a, a higher seed or can't you really compete? 
uh, just with this one edition, apparently you can't, but I don't think it's the justice fault in that regard. Yeah. And the mayhem are still a really good team. So, yep. Well, this, in my mind, it speaks more of to sort of how the overwatch league does things. And, you know, so Albert, yeah, the, um, the GM for the, the ma'am, he actually maybe threw his own version of maybe light salt on, on social media. I'm just going to read a couple of the, the tweets here. Uh, now that I have had some time to process, just wanted to say the justice team are without a doubt, one of the strongest teams on this patch. My issue with their Cinderella run has nothing to do with their play, but with the emergency sub rule and playoff format that let this happen. I don't blame justice for using the rule, but the league shouldn't have let this happen. My interpretation of the rule was that an emergency sub signing was in the event someone couldn't travel to the final four. Justice had enough players to field a team without decay, and it feels strange to reward a team for poor management during the entirety of the season with a playoff appearance. The current <laughs> format of the playoffs makes the regular season irrelevant since everyone qualified for the postseason. You should have to earn the right to a postseason, in my opinion. So, as, as Omni, you know, composes himself, I don't, I don't disagree with his point about the league sort of allowing it to happen, but I'm not going to fault the justice for taking advantage of it and the league not doing anything about it. The Overwatch League creates this type of internal chaos simply by its format. We got to consider this happens in many different esports patches and meta change. Like the fact that, you know, last season Sigma shows up going in the playoffs, which threw a wrench into things. But let's also consider that last season, the Washington Justice, they were long since out of contention and in the fourth stage popped off. Mm -hmm. They meta adjusted in a way that allowed the Washington justice to perform. Imagine if all teams last season were to have made the playoffs, might the justice had a similar run with the likes of Stratus and, uh, and Corey just clicking heads without wild abandon. Like, you know, I think the overwatch league needs to sort of take a step back, define what it, it does sort of ahead of the, ahead of time and, and go with it. I, the sub role made sense. In the event of a player not being able to travel, they needed a means to make that happen. You couldn't have a team like the, the Vancouver Titans. Let's say the Vancouver Titans made it with seven players on the roster and suddenly two of them can't travel. Like, is it a forfeit? <laughs> that would look bad. But then when you provide an opportunity for a team to take advantage, you have to expect a team will. The Washington Justice did, hey. and good on them. It, it happened to Team RSB. It can happen to anyone. Yep, that's true. Yep. That is that is entirely true. <laughs> At um, the same time, but, the Justice won the games, right? Like, like they they won like what six in a row, seven in a row, or not mm -hmm. in a row? They lost to the Shock in the middle somewhere. But like that was crazy. So yeah, I mean, the loss to the Shock was a close fight. The only team to actually deal with them were the Philadelphia Fusion. Yeah, like if we're looking at decay, like I guarantee you, the field would not have had the same run. Bottom line. Yeah. Yeah. Anyhow, it is what it is. We know the final four going to Asia. We won't really get into uh, the grand final weekend yet because we've got a few weeks to go before we get there. <laughs> we can cover it one also, team a week. <laughs> it gives us an opportunity to digest uh, sort of expectations and for news to come out as to how the tournament itself will function. If there is one thing I know, however, there is a very limited likelihood that I am going to get up in the wee hours of the morning to watch any of those matches. Being on the West Coast, I think the latest match kicks off at like 6 a.m. Pacific. Not all that inspired to wake up that early to go and watch the Overwatch League. So sorry to say that. I might watch the VOD. What else has been going on in the Overwatch League? Well, in uh, this past weekend, it was announced that Fleta is the Overwatch League most valuable player. Um, I would suggest it is well-deserved, but I don't entirely know if it was one that was entirely expected. Best player on the best team. Hands I down. Know. Yep. So, like, we, we haven't covered the Dragons this much because they play in the middle of our nights. But they have, they won like what ninety five percent of their matches. Yeah. So you know that like I I the only thing knock against Fleta is that the Dragons are so well rounded as a team that you could argue that maybe he's not the most valuable because they could still win without Fleta or whatever. But I think when a team does that well, um, 
you, you got to reward them. And and that's kind of what happened here, right? Like in, yeah. in my mind, like I think Choi Hilbin, despite being one of the, I'll, I'll say the best player on the planet, like still doesn't get the respect he deserves because he yeah. plays a really boring position in, in my opinion. But, but like, I, I wouldn't be salty at all at Fleta getting this. Yeah, I voted for Troy as well, but your comment about Fleta with a well-rounded team could, uh, you know, be spoken even more so for the San Francisco Shock, where basically anyone is a MVP candidate in his own right. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but I like the Fleta pick. I mean, he certainly has that impact you want an MVP to have. You know, he measures up well to the renowned past winners of in Jonak and Sinatra. I had played for a while in, in, the, in the league and it seems like he's peaking again so uh, just in time really for the playoffs so yeah I'm happy for him yeah the the only thing that I'm may have issue with and it has nothing to do with really the overwatch league it's just this concept of most valuable player you see this in a lot of traditional sports as well mm-hmm. where it's not always the player you might think is most valuable like in my mind that player needs to be such an integral part of the team um, and if not an integral part of the team the most valuable to the league if it's to that level that if you were to pull them out things begin to fall apart i think the dragons they're a better team with fleta i think they're still a good team without it's like the san francisco shock Choi, you know, Omni is a phenomenal player. Pull him out, though. Can they still function? They probably could. Maybe not as well. And so that's where I start to sort of have this struggle. But then you might counter that by saying, well, what would you do? Would you pick a most valuable player of a team who, you know, wasn't performing? Well, heck, give it to Decay. Because when he left the fuel, they fell apart. And when he joined the Justice, they went on fire. So, like, I I get the argument. Um, and I have no problem with. We the, were not allowed to vote for Decay. Decay has been my consistent choice since like March. Jeez, <laughs> oh, even more salt. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Um, but uh, it'll be cool to see uh, what his skin will look like in game next year, and if it'll be an oh, improvement yeah. upon the Sinatra skin, which I'm not a big fan of. Nope. Uh, speaking of skins. We also learned that the all-star skins that will be available starting September 29th for you to jump into uh, the uh, store to buy uh, are a Diva Celestial skin and a Reinhardt um, Gaia skin or something. Essentially, he looks like a tree, like a a druid (laughs) that you might see out of like World of Warcraft. I actually like the Reinhardt skin. I know there are some in RSP core that really weren't big fans of it, Um, but I, I thought it was really well done in fact i almost say better than the skins we saw available last year like i will get the reinhardt one yeah i mean they're they're always in the theme of being extra flashy right Mm -hmm. a few years ago we had the genji and the tracer and we we had them i think lucio and and mercy so this year it's for the tanks and i like them they kind of go in the theme of of uh what all star should be you know very very flashy and and gaudy even so i like i like both I like the skins too, but it, I think when it comes to sins and I'm just rereading about how you're going to be able to get it, is it going to be, do we know if it's like 100 or 200, like they did with the Lucio one? Oh, it'll be more. I think probably 200. Yeah. For like that, that really annoys me because to me, like the overwatch league has forever had an exposure problem. And I feel like I, I I'm about to go on like another rant, but it's like, stop being so cheap with your team and all-star skins, man. Like just find an excuse, give them out. Stop trying to take our six ninety nine and like use us to promote the game to other casuals. Hey, six skin, man. What is it? Oh, it's an all-star game skin. I have to watch You have to watch the all-star game. If you want to get it. Oh, cool. Maybe I'll do that. Like it's not that hard. Well, so call of duty league, um, sort of a sidebar here implemented for at least their finals weekend or final tournament. If you watch X amount of time, you received in-game rewards. Um, in fact, they also threw in beta codes uh, for a select 10,000 uh, who watched a certain amount at random over the course of the weekend. This is something that we're seeing another property do. And yet the Overwatch League, they struggle to get the token system working want to watch on YouTube. And still, mm-hmm. we don't know if there's, you know, there's no sort of gated time, watch this yet go and watch like 
uh, Emong for, you know, six hours and unlock stuff on Twitch. Like, it's really weird how the execution of this is. And to your point, Sam, I think that would reward those who are most dedicated. Like, yeah, you could have, give it, you know what, open it up to people to buy. Because that allows the person to go and do I invest my time or do I invest my money? But have both. Yeah, it's just it, like if honestly, if, if somebody bothers to watch five rounds of an Overwatch game, like give the dudes a skin. Like it's not it, you're, it's these are virtual goods, right? You're not going to lose quantity on them. So here's 15 tokens towards your 200 token <laughs> purchase. Hey, but what if he has that tab just minimized and <laughs> muted? So well, it's free promotion. Uh, <laughs> anyhow, uh, speaking of the All-Stars, uh, just a reminder, the Asian All-Stars are going to take place September 26th. The North American All-Stars take place October 3rd. I would imagine uh, if you happen to be in at least the NA All-Stars and you happen to be on the Philadelphia Fusion or San Francisco Shock, you won't be participating because you're probably going to be somewhere in Asia. That's not to suggest you don't wake up early or stay up late and get on ping, but that seems kind of to funky. Uh, I don't know. I would presume if Philly and San Fran players don't join in that Shanghai and Seoul players don't join in, but I still, again, there's no indication as to who is going to be in the all-stars events, tourneys, games, matches, whatever we want to call them. Uh, voting ended uh, like two and a half weeks ago. And there's still no news as to, to who will be there. Uh, when that news comes out, you can rest assured us at RSP will we'll share it. What else has been going on with the game? Well, there's been a patch. Um, there's actually been two patches. So there was a patch that came out this week and a patch that came out last week. Let's talk about the one last week. Last week, adjusted shotgun patterns. It made those patterns more reliable. Uh, having tested it out, essentially your shotgun hits the same exact spots at the same distance at the same time. So whereas before there was sort of this randomness to the pattern, so in some cases your shotgun blast at range might do a little less damage. Now, depending on the angle, we'll do the consistent amount of damage it's supposed to hit based on all the pellets that strike. But still within close range is obviously um, a killer weapon, uh, whether you happen to use the coach gun with Ash, uh, Reapers, Primary, Hog, uh, Torb, Secondary, so on and so forth. They nerfed Roadhog, though. And this one, I'm, I'm quite honestly curious about. Hog was adjusted to make his hook a little bit stronger. They reduced the amount of ammo to try to, you know, balance out the punishment, but then decided let's nerf his actual, you know, damage as well. It's not good. Like, have you seen the video from Emong? Oh, was it? No, it was hard blue. Basically now you can't uh, hook, shoot, melee one hit uh one one uh, shot to kill a, a squishy well i know and i case in so, point uh today a zen got away with seven health and then i got dropped <laughs> on a hook primary melee he yeah. lived that like seven yeah, hp left i have a tinfoil hat theory like when blizzard really doesn't like a character what they would do is buff them hard right they make them op just to then fix them and they nerve them outrageously that they become even weaker than they were before that buff. Yeah. But they've done this uh, many times before. So like, well, like the tuning on Roadhog though. Yeah. It's, it's up and down and up and down. Like, like <laughs> he, he gets so much attention and I understand that it's like, Holy smokes, we made some changes. We tuned them the way out of control. He's essentially a must pick in ladder. Let's fix this. Okay, fine. Well, not like I playing them. I don't know really how to like, if I can't kill a squishy with a hook and a primary, that's full hell. Like really why play hog at that point outside of being a, uh, an alt charge for the other team. Exactly. Got to give the other like team a Jeff. chance, right? That's the RSP strat. Mm -hmm. Jeff is probably playing overwatch one night and he got tilted playing against hogs. I know destroy this character. Yeah. Uh, the other character that got some uh, attention was Torb. Torb actually got a slight buff. Uh, his secondary, which is, again, sort of that shotgun fire of his, his gun, um, now has a tighter pattern that deals a little more damage um, with a little bit of better recovery. So, you know, Molten Core Torbs Ooh. now have a choice. Do they come after you with the secondary or they bring out the hammer? 
I feel sorry for my opponents when I play my Smurfs. Every time I get Anubis or, oh or uh, Numbani, they're done I, for. You don't understand the number of Torbs I've now seen picked. And we're talking like full-on attack Torbs where they're just leading the charge. It's like you got two guys with hammers. One of them is Reinhardt and the other one's with Torb. And it's just to see which one gets more hammer kills in the kill feed. Actually, it will be Reinhardt now because, again, that secondary does enough damage that you just go run around and... and and smack the squishies. Um, but yeah, you know what? I like Torb. I, I, I don't have a problem seeing more Torb. Yeah, everybody loves Torb. Yeah. Maybe not Torb alts. That's the other thing, though. Oh, my God. Like, there's Torb splooch everywhere. <laughs> like, it's so bad. Uh, anyway, uh, what else? Well, there's also an event. Uh, the Overwatch uh, uh, dev team uh, produced a comic to provide us more lore on Tracer. I've yet to actually read it, so I can't I can't contribute uh, to what it's what it means. But to coincide with the the comic is a Tracer comic challenge. So just like previous challenge events, you uh, need to go and get yourself nine wins over the course of the week. Uh, the first three unlock a in-game icon. The next three, so a total of six, get you the spray. And if you win all nine, you get actually a pretty decent uh, tracer skin. I I, mm. I like it. It's all these sort of you know fluorescent pastel colors. Yeah, Looks good. Cool. I mean, it's more tracer lore. Uh, heavens forbid if they ever came out with Zen lore. We'll- Nobody knows what would happen, right? It's too much. But well, I like the skin too. Speaking of Zen lore, if you look at RSP cord, one of our Omnics is now named Mondata. <laughs> Good one. Yeah. So as we look to wrap up this episode, and you've made it this far, and I know some of you do, we actually have a contest. We were generously given two skin codes by a friend of the show, Corin. Uh, he's also one of our RSP patrons. And he donated two skin codes to Contest Away. And the contest that he wanted to run was to have you, our listeners, call in, leave a voicemail, um, outlining your support uh, for the Vancouver Titans and the Toronto Defiant, and uh, how you were to do that would be maybe through a chant or maybe, you know, your most passionate memory, why you are such a big fan. So I thought, you know what? That seems like a great idea. He's the guy who donated the skin codes. He's also one of the few that's taken advantage of the phone number to leave a voicemail. So we're going to do that. The way this contest will work is you will either call 604-409-3324. That is 604-409-3324. And if you're calling internationally, it's country code one. So one 604-409-3324. Or if you happen to go to voicelink.fm slash ready set pwn, that's voicelink.fm slash ready set pwn, and you leave a voice message. We have to hear your voice that tells us your most passionate memory or why you support one of the Vancouver Titans or Toronto Defiant, we will pick the best from each team to win one of those skin codes. So again, if you are a Vancouver Titans fan or you are a Toronto Defiant fan, tell us why you deserve the skin code by telling us your strongest memory, why you are a big supporter, why you are the best when it comes to either one of those two teams. And again, the phone number is 604-409-3324 or voicelink.fm slash ready, set, We will play the winning messages on the next episode. So to get in and have this opportunity to score a skin code, all it requires is you to leave a message. And I understand because long distance might be a thing. The voice link uh, option gives you the ability to do it completely online. And again, thank you to a friend of the show, Corin, one of our, our patrons for, for donating those. Um, we have yet to give, get skin codes from a team that we would have thought might have. On that note, I do want to give credit to the Vancouver Titans. They have given us a number of spray codes to give away. If you had planned on attending the homestand and uh, got a refund, you would have already received an email with a spray code. It is a single redemption. I can't go and give you 20 of them to go get 20 different sprays. It is essentially the group of Vancouver Titans sprays. If, however, you're one of our many listeners and you have yet to get that in-game spray, reach out to us on RSP Discord, uh, either in general chat 
And uh, I will funnel one of those codes over to you. And again, this is from the Vancouver Titans. They generously donated a vast number of these codes to us to, to give away. So vast, I'll be honest, I'll be surprised if I have too many. The The spray code is dope, though. It's got that little umbrella thing. So I like it. Yeah, and it, it definitely, and it's it's unique. Like the only way you would have been able to receive this spray, it's, it's not something you can achieve in game. It was to have attended a homestand or one of the events where the Vancouver Titans would have would have attended. Um, if this is not one you have access to quite yet, we can hook you up just by being a listener of the Ready Set Poem podcast. Uh, for those of you who are like, "Well, I'm a Toronto Defiant fan," can you get me their home scans uh, code. I, I wish I could. They've not provided us a list like Vancouver Titans did. Um, maybe they will. Maybe there is some competitiveness between these two teams. At the end of the day, though, we just want to reward our our listeners because, again, we are your premier source for both Vancouver Titans and our Toronto Fine. And lastly, you saw this on social last week. We, we heard me sort of allude to it um, episodes previously. We are the number one result on Google when you search either Vancouver Titans podcast or Toronto Defiant podcast, that's not something you can get simply by being. The Google algorithm recognizes, and my phone is now, you know, wanting to know what I'm saying to it. It recognizes <laughs> uh, those of you who search for us, who find us, who talk about us, who link to us. So it is you, our listeners, and our community that has made this happen. Um, it is phenomenal news for us, considering we haven't been around for more than just a couple of years, because again, the Vancouver Titans only spun up a few years ago, and we only just started really covering the Toronto Defiant this past season. But to be considered the premier source validates the fact that we describe ourselves as that. So again, thank you. And for those keeping track at home, you might look, well, what about the Overwatch League in general? I think we're we're on we're essentially first page results when you search Overwatch League podcast. I want to say we're number seven in the list, and that again is equally cool because we are really a team focused podcast. And being that we're team focused, people may look for other podcasts for all of your Overwatch League news. But I know there are many of you listeners out there who just love the product that we provide and tune, even though you might not support one of the Defiant or the Titans. So that's equally as cool. So as we look to wrap up this episode in live stream, gentlemen, what final words of wisdom uh, can you share to everyone who has made it this far? There are two types of people in the world. That's it. That's, <laughs> that's the statement. There are two types. Yeah. Th those that have the Titan spray and those that don't. No, you don't have to add anything to it. It's already uh, profound enough. Oh, so sorry. My bad. <laughs> Sam? I don't have anything to add other than we're going after another mini off-season. So get those rays in. Be careful. Be safe. Wear a mask. Wear sunscreen. You know. Smoke screen. Smoke screen, sunscreen. All the yeah, screens. For those of us out west, you need to wear all the screens right now. Um, myself, again, just a reminder, Extra Life is kicking off. It's been going on all year, but we're really amping it up, and we want you to join Team RSP as we uh, look to raise money for uh, Children's Miracle Network Hospitals. Again, our goal is $1,500 US. Our hope is that we can not only get there, but we can knock it out of the water. Um, we need your support to do that. For those of you who have the wherewithal to, to be able to donate, please do so. Um, feel free to ask me more about it if you'd like to learn more. And if you can help us by either being part of Team RSP and fundraising yourself or alternatively sharing and spreading the world, the, the word, sorry, to the world, uh, we would be equally appreciative. You're going to hear more about Extra Life over the, the coming weeks leading up to, to game day, which is on November 7th. And we're going to continue on through to the end of the calendar year. Uh, we do not take time off, nor does it. So please continue to, to do what you can to help us out. As far as the podcast itself is concerned, though, please hit subscribe if you haven't done so already. Please tell a friend to listen to the podcast. If each one of our listeners tells a friend to listen to, we'll then have six listeners. So Sam, Omni, and myself need to get on to that. Uh, you can also find us in every podcast application known to humankind. And if you can't, let me know and I will fix that. And last but not least, if you are excited by what you hear and so wish to tell us so or if there's something you wish for us to improve do differently or if at the end of the day you just don't like us 
Leave us a review and tell us that. Uh, you can leave a review through many of the different podcast uh, applications. Uh, Apple Podcast, you can do that. Uh, I believe, uh, I want to say TuneIn allows you to do that. Uh, but the easiest way to go about it is to go to podchaser.com slash phone and you can leave a review there. So on behalf of Sam at another Sam Chan on the Ad Omnistrife and myself, Chris at Lightforce, I'm going to sign this episode off with those magical two words. Catchphrase. Thank you.